0: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, and uh, good morning to all you lovely listeners at home to yet another episode of the podcast that we keep coming back to religiously, uh, obviously, and that is David.
1: What's that smell? You thinking again?
0: That's right, David. And uh, we just got back from vacation, me and David both. Yeah. Uh, purely Not coincidentally. From the same place. Yeah, right. Purely coincidentally at the same time, which is very impressive. Um, and I also got sick on vacation, so I might sound kind of depressing. Uh, it's not COVID. Ugly. Don't worry, I'm vexed. But um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of sickly, so uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, anyway, David, how are you? I am doing well, Connor. How you doing? I am doing pretty decent. I cannot deny. I just got back from vacation, which is a little bad. But that being said, you know, it got to end. But it's got to end. You know, I won't right. complain. Uh, how is the weather up there?
1: Um, you know, it's uh. Uh, it's a warm, sunny summer Sunday, um, and, you know, that's all I could ask for. How's, how's the looking?
0: Oh, yeah, no, not like that. Um, it's no, cloudy. No. It's cloudy, mildly depressing out. It might rain, um, and generally makes me want to look away from the window. So, uh, yeah, it's not the brightest day out, but you know what? We're in here recording, so who cares, sure. you know? Excuse me whilst I disgustingly... <clears throat> excuse me. So... This week's episode is actually, uh, was a suggestion from, of all people, my cousin. Uh, he really wanted me to do this episode, and I've kind of had it on the back burner for a while. So I decided, you know what, let's throw her out there. A uh, shout out to my cousin Henry for that. Uh, he really likes this topic, and, you know, I thought it was <laughs> cool to do. tight. So we've talked about lots of different kinds of movies and why they don't work on this podcast. We we enjoy uh, discussing bad things on occasion, but I feel like there's no greater trope or, I you know, overarching idea that truly fails as often as video game movies video game movies (laughs) it's depressing because video game movies have the potential to be really cool but i feel like there are very few actually cool options out there for you so i thought maybe uh or i thought it'd be interesting to talk about like what exactly led us to this point you know and why exactly they suck so bad on on most occasions (laughs) tight. All right, this is gonna I, be a thing. Never much. <laughs> well, it's like you're me. Anytime I sneeze, I go on like a 15 sneeze <laughs> rampage. It's terrible. I think I'm done. I, I I hope hope so. I'm <laughs> yeah, right. Like in limited fear, like, hope he's done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, anyways, were you ready to dive right in? I'm ready, Connor. You ready? Yeah, I'm pretty ready. So, David, I'm gonna pose this question to you whilst I disgustingly clear my throat away from the mic. And that is, are video game movies a good idea, or are they, like, a bad idea? You know, like, in concept, do you think they can, do you think there's potential there?
1: Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. Um, well, of course, there's potential for a, a, a video game movie to be good. I mean, I'm not saying that, like, we should just, like, end the concept of video game movies um, in general. Um, now, as as up into this point, have we made a, a, a good, solid uh, video game movie? I don't think so. A oh, wreck Ralph doesn't count, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we're, ta- we're talking about movies that were originally a video game that right. were adapted into a movie. You know, yeah, right. that Ralph a was, video game title.
0: If Record Ralph was based on a video game that existed before the movie, then I'd be more uh, more likely to consider it. But it's a fake video game that they made a video game later. So it doesn't count. Yeah. But go ahead. Yeah. So
1: um, I think that we just haven't really figured out how to make a good video game movie. Um, Well, Connor, here's the thing. Here's the thing about video game movies. Um, Okay. Actually, I won't get into it yet. I'm going to stick me. Take it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take it back. Take it back. Um, So, to answer your question, Connor, yes, I do think that conceptually video game movies uh,
0: could be good. Uh, We just haven't gotten to that point yet. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Um, Something I find kind of interesting is video game movies aren't a crazy idea. Like, think about it in terms of movies, right? We've had plenty of movies based on books. We've had plenty of movies based on, you know, plays. We've had plenty of movies based on other things before. And they turn out amazing. Like some of the greatest movies are based on stuff, you know, excuse me. But like video game movies have seemed to kind of elude us because like, or we can't really exactly nail down why or at least we will later in the episode. But like the video game kind of is always eluded us. Like it's never been truly able to nail down what tone or what kind of story you want to tell to differ from the video game. Um, So inherently, I do think it's a good idea. Like, just like basing a movie off a book or a short story or uh, anything like that. There's a lot of potential to expand upon topics that were already established in another medium. And video games are just another medium. Uh, In my opinion, so we'll start discussing why they mess up so often, I feel one of the biggest factors that mess up video game movies is solely not knowing exactly what the source material was. Because a lot of the time, the people who are making the video game movies haven't really played much of the game. Like, maybe they have, but for the most part, with video game movies, you're not going to see a lot of experienced gamers behind the camera. Uh, and as a result of that, there's going to be a lot of video game movies that kind of feel less like a video game movie or like a movie based on a video game and more like someone trying to make their movie seem like a video game. And as a result, it's kind of this like weird disassociation thing where like filmmakers kind of create this movie that is vaguely like the video game. One of the biggest examples I can think of is Assassin's Creed, where Assassin's Creed had a very... Like, on the surface, it's the plot of a game. But you can tell no one's really played the games that much. So you get this story that kind of just meanders on because they said, okay, let's make a movie based on Assassin's Creed. What's the plot of Assassin's Creed? Oh, this? Okay, let's do that. And then that was it. That was the end. So, like, there needs to be kind of more put into adapting these things because like just like adapting a book you can't really adapt a book if you only read the first couple pages in the synopsis you know i think video game movies kind of struggle with that because video games are such a huge time commitment rather than books and they haven't been around as long like video games really started peaking in like the 90s so as a result a lot of video game or people who played video games are all younger people and as a result younger people were the only ones that could actually make these movies with any sort of experience you know you know what i mean
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So what do you think of some reasons why video games fail in your opinion, David?
1: What was that question again?
0: Sorry, I said it moved fast. Mm I was trying to avoid coughing. Uh, Why do you think video game movies mess up so often? Like, what's a factor that's not the one I said?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, Connor, you did make a very good point about um, people who actually are making these movies, directing them, producing them, don't, actually or, or haven't actually played these games, right? which you know is a huge problem. Um, I think, I think another huge problem is adapting a video game into a movie. Now what I mean by this is a lot of uh, video games, uh, especially more recent ones, have their own I guess story storyline to them. Um, because that's, that's what a video game is. Essentially, it is a, a story in which, uh, it is interactive and in that you can, you know, play as the perspective of one character, right? Um, for example, I kind of mentioned Assassin's Creed. You're playing, uh, essentially each Assassin's Creed game is you're playing as an assassin, um, and you have to go on missions and quests or whatever, and I guess uphold the, um uh, the assassin legacy or whatever i i i've played like one game i don't really
0: remember much about it but the assassin's code <clears throat> yeah the, assassin's, by the code. assassin's code i have no clue about the thing i just watched pirates of the caribbean the other day so <laughs> that's the only reason why yeah. i'm bringing it up
1: yeah, yeah yeah so the point is the point is is that um there there is a story to the video game the, that, that is that is the point i'm trying to make right mm-hmm. and so when it's being adapted into a movie it really isn't the same experience as it is when you're doing the video game because you're playing um as a perspective of a certain character right and you you think in theory how hard would it really be to adapt um a video game into a movie because like you know it's just think of it as it being from the perspective instead of you playing it but from and the Okay. Like Instead this. of you playing it, think of it as you watching someone playing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, in theory, it doesn't seem like it would be that hard to adapt. Why is it so hard to adapt? Um, frankly, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why why we're failing so hard at this. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: it should uh, be easy. Come on, guys. It, it,
1: should, it should be easy. Um, but for some reason, we're, we're just not getting at that. And I think um, later in the podcast, Connor and I are gonna discuss uh, why it's not working out so well. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think I think another huge problem is um, not being able to properly uh, adapt the story and properly understand the characters, <clears throat> the world
0: of that particular game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to expand a little bit on a point you mentioned because I, I find it really interesting because like this is definitely true. I think, or actually I shouldn't say expand upon it. It's a theory I have. It's the reason why it's really hard to adapt the stories. You're never going to get a more nuanced experience than a video game. Not necessarily saying a video game is better than a movie because, you know, it's not because I love movies. But like video games are always going to be the more nuanced experience because you have the freedom to explore it yourself. Like you have the ability to dictate every decision you make in that game. So as a result, uh, you end up like regardless of if you're watching a movie, like any movie, you're never going to have the freedom to make decisions in a movie that you can in a video game and essentially create this or you feel like you create the story in a video game. So when I feel like when adapting a video game movie, a lot of filmmakers get really scared by that prospect because essentially it's saying like, okay, if we adapt the video game straight up, like let's just adapt the story like, as if it's like a Shakespearean play, like no changes, then you end up creating essentially a less nuanced version of the game, right? Like now you have a video game that you can't make decisions in. So like, why not just play the video game, you know? So that's kind of a big thing they're afraid of. But on the other hand, if they change it too much, it's no longer adapting the video game. So it's literally just throwing the title onto another movie. So you kind of have to walk this line. And I think filmmakers get really intimidated by that. And as I mentioned before, a lot of them haven't played the games or all the way through or that, you know, that nuance. As a result, you end up getting movies that kind of don't really commit to it that much. And you get these kind of like half-baked video game movies that really like kind of touch upon the video game basis. Uh, another, one that I love to make fun of is Rampage that came out a couple years ago that is so weirdly not like the game. It's unreal. Like video games that arcade cabinet where you play as giant monsters and destroy buildings, like that's it. But like the movie kind of goes crazy and there's like this giant gorilla that's friends with the rock and like he starts growing because <laughs> of this mutant space <clears throat> thing and <clears throat> yeah, it hits a wolf and it hits a crocodile. And it just, it's, it's so convoluted because <clears throat> there is no plot to the game. The game is literally just an arcade cabinet. So they had to make up their own stuff while still kind of feeling like the game because monsters destroy buildings. But it's so half-baked that you get this, like, really not at all, like, thought-out movie. That kind of just seems like they threw it together because you could make a movie about giant monsters, call it Rampage, and then write off the coattails of, like, the Godzilla and King Kong movies. It's kind of ridiculous. And I feel like that's kind of a big factor, in my, at least I think. I, I could be wrong because I'm not a filmmaker. But I feel like they're intimidated by the idea of adapting a story that already has a more nuanced version, you know? What yeah,
1: do you think, sure. No, for sure. I, I, I totally agree um, with that, with that statement. Um, video games are a definitely a more nuanced experience. Um, and there, there's a point that you touched upon that I wish you expanded upon a bit more, but
0: Go for
1: um, it. is the, um, what, what is it again?
0: I, I, I literally just blanked. You got this. You got this. I believe oh. in you.
1: All right. All right. Um, being able to experience the world on your own through your own and your own perspective, right? When you're playing a video game, <clears throat> um, typically you are allowed to explore the world that is created on your own and, I guess, create your own experiences.
0: Well, even even if it's not like you know genuinely your own, it feels like your own, you know, because like even if you're playing out the way the story wants you to play out, at the very least, you're the one doing it, you know. Yeah, so you do have that even in non, I mean, even in less free stories. Yeah, 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 for
1: sure, for sure. Um, which you don't really get through a movie, right? Um, when you're when you're watching the movie it's through one person's point of view, the director, you know, it's like, it's how the director views said, uh, film, Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, it's, it's not the same as, you know, the video game itself, you know, which, which is a more personalized experience, you know, like if you're watching a movie, you're going to experience the same way everyone else in that theater is experiencing it. Right. Mm -hmm. As for which, game, which is not inherently bad, by the way. It's it's not bad. It's not bad. I'm not saying that. Uh, I'm just saying that when when you're going to play a game, you expect to experience that game in your own way, in your own personal way, right? Um, so it, it's it's almost like you play video games to play video games, and you go watch movies to go watch movies. You don't go play video games to experience like a movie right mm-hmm. you know you do it to experience that kind of feeling right mm-hmm. and when you go to watch a movie that is based off a video game and you don't get that video game experience it, it, it's really just not the same it's not, it's not the same feeling um and it, it, i think it kind of destroys the experience
0: well absolutely um, I feel uh, I'm going to bring up an. Actually, I'll ask you before I bring up another. Uh, do you have, and I'm glad you expanded upon that, but do you think there's another, what's another thing you think they fail on? Because the thing is, video game movies fail a lot. And it's almost, it's kind of easy to point it out. So I want to make sure we cover every base. Uh, I want to ask you just one last time. Uh, why do you think, what's another reason why you think the NSL, that, you know, nothing has nothing to do with, you know, the game itself or, you know what we
1: were talking about before. Um. Okay. Okay. Other reason why video game movies uh, tend tend to fail um, is, I guess, I I really want to <laughs> say, the thematically, mm-hmm. um, is the reason why they fail. Um, and what, what, I, what I mean by this is, so typically when you're playing a game, um, there's, you know, a, a theme that the game kind of represents, what comes to my mind right now is Red Dead 2, mm-hmm. um, and the kind of themes of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing with Red Dead is that Red Dead is. It, it, it almost plays cinematically. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you've never played Red Dead before, if you've never seen any, you know, any uh, videos or any, uh, any gameplay of Red Dead 2, um, you should know that the game is very cinematic. You know, there are cinematic shots. There are... Um, Epic moments that go on there, these huge cut scenes that happen. Um, it, it's, it's a very huge, and expansive world to it, um, and you. Um, it, it's, it 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 almost puts it like a movie in a way, mm-hmm. but it it's, at the same time it still retains that uh, cinematic, uh, not cinematic, the video game aspects to it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, it still holds its themes very close to itself, right? Mm -hmm. Which I think that if Red Dead 2 was to be adapted into a movie, I believe that it wouldn't be the same or feel the same, right? Because I feel Mm -hmm. like the themes uh, that you could get from actually playing as Arthur Morgan would be lost, you know? Because the whole point of playing the game, why Red Dead 2 is a game and not a movie, is because experiencing Arthur Morgan's life throughout the game is the whole theme the and the premise of the actual game itself, so that you can really feel like you're being Arthur Morgan. And you can feel through his experiences, which if you're watching a movie of Red Dead 2, you wouldn't sympathize with Arthur Morgan the same way. Or you wouldn't sympathize with the Vanderlyn gang in the same way. Because when you're playing Red Dead, you spend a lot more time exploring the characters and exploring the world. Unlike with a movie, you know, you have a set, like, I don't know, two, two and a half hours to cram as much material as possible. Um, which, when you're playing a game, you can spend hours hours exploring the characters the levels of depth mm-hmm. which when you're doing a movie you have a time constriction right so those themes and those premises that they want to explore just aren't there you know mm-hmm. so which which makes red dead 2 a good game and why it is a game actually that has cinematic aspects
0: yeah absolutely um touched upon something oh actually i want to expand upon which some something you said because there's something really cool there you said like the uh some video games are getting more and more cinematic and that can be really tricky to adapt as well because it's almost as if you're remaking a movie in some cases right like if the story gets more and more cinematic to the point where the game in and of itself feels like a movie in some respects you're as a filmmaker adapting this into a movie it's almost like they did the job for you but you can't use it, you know? Like, you can't just remake the cinematic stuff from a game because the game already did it, cinematically, you know? Like, you're not adding anything if you remake the cinematic stuff in Red Dead into live action because you already saw it cinematically, you know? So as a result, it's almost as if you're given the task to adapt a video game and a movie simultaneously into something that's completely separate from both while still honoring both. The movie side with the cutscenes and the video game side—that's a lot, and I think that's kind of why some more cinematic games are cinematic esque games, kind of like uh, Assassin's Creed, and, and and to an extent Warcraft, kind of failed because those games got so genuinely story driven that, like, actually not Warcraft, but like you know what I mean, like the car- video games like, that get so story driven that adapting them into movies is so much harder because you're adapting both a video game and essentially the movie side of the video game into something that's different you know while at the same time honoring it you know that's a a tough tough topic to you know deal with so yeah i totally agree with you i think that's a huge fault um this idea that you know you're essentially trying to honor a video game that in and of itself is also kind of cinematic you know that's a tough one and then uh as you mentioned, I want to pose this question to you because you very much uh, alluded to it. So, time constraints are another huge thing that can cause video game movies to suck. But we've also had some actually good video game TV shows, with shows like The Witcher and Castlevania, that actually did get successful, and you know were good. So, allow me to pose this question to you, David. Why do you think those shows got successful? I mean, I know you haven't seen them, but why do you think a show format is showing more potential for success than the movie's format was?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Um So with this, I could actually turn to anime. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so take one piece. Okay. That's um, not a video
0: game, David.
1: I know, I know. Gee, I that's Christ. I'm you had choke.
0: one theme and crea- you choked.
1: I'm creating an analogy.
0: Scoff, David. Anyway, okay,
1: so... With One Piece, for example, Um, as most of you know, and if you don't know, One Piece is very, very, very long, over a thousand chapters long, Um, and because it's one thousand chapters long, obviously, it's had a lot of time to expand and grow as a story, right? Um, It's had a a lot of time to explore characters, a lot of time to explore the world a lot of time to expand the plot, right? And that is the beauty of a TV show, right? With a TV show, it can be renewed for multiple seasons, meaning that it can actually expand upon itself without that time constraint for a movie, right? For a movie, like I mentioned, it's, you know, two, two and a half hours long, but for a show, you know, typically a show um, with one season, that's about mm, like six hours of content right there. Um, in which in that six hours, you can expand, fully flush out characters, um, explore the world. And, you know, that's what makes TV shows so great is that you can actually take your time and fully realize these characters. Now, I will go back to video game TV shows. When it comes to video game TV shows, you can connect the analogy from anime to this with being that with that longevity, you can actually, you know, really expand on those characters, get that same feeling, explore different perspectives from characters um, in which you can also do with video games, uh, which is kind of harder with movies. It can be done. It's just a bit harder because of the time constriction. But with TV shows, you can look at different perspectives of characters, um, explore what they're thinking their thoughts, really take the time to expand on the world, which is something reminiscent of video games themselves, which allow you to take the time to uh, explore the actual characters, the world itself, um, which which makes it so awesome, right? Which makes uh, television as a medium a really good way to explore um, video games um, outside of actually playing the video game itself, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why, Connor.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, and I'll, I'll throw my scent in there too because I've seen Castlevania. And I'll admit, Castlevania does kind of throw away a lot of the things we're talking about. It's not super faithful to the game because it does expand in a lot of its own ideas. It's more of a story in and of itself that feels like an homage to Castlevania. And I think why a show like that works, at least with that one, is this idea that a TV show has the ability to tell a story with much more with, or with a more steady pace because you have that time cushion so that you can actually allow characters to grow more and you can connect with them better. And the stories can get more complicated because, as because you you know you don't have to worry about that extended deadline you know, and as a result of that, I think video games adapt well into that because essentially you have the freedom to adapt it however you want, and you don't have to worry about fitting it in within a time conf- time conf- uh, constraint, and you don't have to worry about necessarily, um, dis- like disrespecting the original series because. You have so much, or the original video game, because you have so much time to essentially develop this stuff. That even if a character doesn't seem doesn't seem very uh, reminiscent of the video game now, you have time to develop it. You know, so it's like you have more trust with a video game because they have more time, and as a result, can re- uh, can end up doing things better with more you know w- with that extended time, and because you know video g- or TV show runners. Are also, you know, seem to be younger. At least these ones do. Granted, obviously it's not true always, but I think there's more of an audience for younger of younger, uh, like teen viewers, which were growing up playing games. So there's that. Um, allow me to pose a simple question, David. Sure. Uh, We've had obviously we talked about how TV shows can do it well. We've talked about how movies can, you know, fail. But I got to ask, David, what do you think? are some common pitfalls that video game movies fall into that kind of doom it to suck, you know, like what's something that from your experiences, you've noticed video game movies do that kind of screw up the whole thing. You know, I, I know you, I know you've seen a couple. So based off of what you've seen, what do you think is a common failure of video game movies specifically?
1: Uh, Sure. Um, but, so, I mean, that, doesn't,
0: that doesn't relate to the things we talked about before. I mean, like,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah don't I don't want to reiterate the same points. I know what you mean. Um, so w- 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 with this question, uh, I'm, I'm gonna try to focus on the video game movies themselves and not actually the video game at all. That's uh, right, it's like solely like the problems of the video game movie, exactly. Yeah, don't in, critique in the, the video families. game. Yeah, yeah. I, I know, I know, I know, what you're talking about. I get you. Um, so take
0: uh what should I take for example? Um to
1: think. Um, Angry
0: Birds. Oh
1: oh that's that's a good example actually.
0: No words. Um, I just no, I forgot about that one. I actually wrote it down literally mid recording as I remembered it was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I did. I forgot about it. Um Angry Birds. So um with this film, um if you've never seen it, just know it is like absolutely nothing like uh, the game
0: i mean there's yeah. a there's a general idea like pigs birds stealing yeah. eggs you you get a little bit of it near the end
1: <clears throat> yeah towards the end, you kind of you kind of have the slingshot
0: uh, you get to it eventually
1: yeah yeah eventually but like majority of the film isn't even that you know um and what what i think this movie's, you know, biggest problem is that it's trying to give, I guess, personality and weight to characters that never had that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, with, with these, with, 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 if you ever played Angry Birds, you know that it's a very simple game. You know, it's you Swiping the screen back, and you you know use these birds to a- attack the pigs and stuff, right? Very simple game, um, no character development, no no none, 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 none of that, none, none, none of that. None, none of cinematic need that. whatsoever. It's, yeah, I didn't need fun. that.
0: It's a, it's a literally a time waster. There's no need for any sort of cinematic story here.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's a game to play if you're bored and you don't know what to do, like if you're in an airport or something. Right, it's one of those games. So it's trying to adapt a time-waster game into a full-fledged cinematic movie. Which, you know, really isn't the easiest thing to do because you really don't have much source material to work off of. So most of the stuff that they're doing in the movie is original stuff. Right, so as a video game movie... Angry Birds, it's garbage because it doesn't connect well to the actual video game. You know, besides some things here and there with the references, overall, it, it, it's, it, it's not really a good video game movie. Like, for okay, if you were to make a good Angry Birds <laughs> movie, which would not be very entertaining at all, but if you want to stay true to the actual game, it would just be birds being slingshotted at pigs, you know. That would the move that would be the movie staying true to the actual game, which would be very boring and not very good, honestly. So with it staying true, not completely, but I think that the Angry Birds movie as it being a standalone movie without the actual game itself isn't terrible. Um, so as a movie, I don't think it's terrible, but comparing to the actual game, eh, could be better, I guess. I don't know. It's really a tricky line to to kind of, uh, kind of balance, you know? It's like, how true is it to the actual game and it being an actual original movie, you know? Because, like, with a movie like this, with such little source material, you have to make more things original than actually staying true to the source material, right? Uh, which is kind of hard, right? Because fans of Angry Birds are disappointed of this film, you know? Because it's, it's, you know, it's not really Angry Birds. Uh, but it, I guess if you're, a, 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 I don't know, you, you're a kid and you like, Colorful birds, and I think you can get some enjoyment. Ooh, birds! Yay! Um, But I I think I think that's definitely a huge pitfall. Is I guess staying true to the source material, because it's actually so hard to create a good film that's also true to the source material. It's such a difficult task to do both, you know. because you really just can't please everyone. It's really hard to do that. And you can say that for almost anything. Just trying to please everyone. It's, it's, it's not possible, really. Um, so, and, and it, it's, it's, a, it's a sad pitfall. Um, and, I, and I think it's definitely one of the biggest flaws of creating an actual video game movie. Um, you can also this to Sonic, right? Sonic... Honestly, it doesn't have a ton of fifth material, you know.
0: It's you know, it's just well, group... it does, but they don't adapt it. That's they're, they're true, kinda, that's, that's actually true. They're staying I, away I from the, lore. About the
1: Sonic lore,
0: yeah. He, um, I, I'm scared of that stuff,
1: yeah. That's like furry stuff.
0: Um, <laughs> there are a couple, there are a couple non furry Sonic fans that are like absolutely pissed right now. They're like, Why'd you say that? <laughs> Heresy,
1: yeah, yeah, sick big the cat um, on him. <laughs> um, but. So- the Sonic movie, if you've ever seen it, um, you would know that there isn't a ton of Sonic lore in the movie, you know? The only Sonic characters are Sonic and Knuckles, and there's like an end credit scene of Tails, but...
0: No, no Knuckles is in the movie. What are you talking about, no. I said Knuckles in the movie. Knuckles is not in the movie.
1: But, like, there's, like, his people. His people are in the movie.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, that, in the intro part. Like yeah. Owl. Yeah, okay, that, yeah. Well, that doesn't count.
1: <laughs> point is is that it doesn't really stay true to the Sonic lore the Sonic world itself which can be very disappointing to people You know, it's like you want to see a Sonic movie with the Sonic characters you don't want to see some dude go on a road trip with Sonic that's not Sonic that is someone taking a road trip with a CGI hedgehog <laughs> uh, Sonic fans don't want to see that they James see- Martin's already
0: done that with a rabbit
1: exactly It's like, you want to see Sonic content. The Sonic movie does not give you Sonic content. It does not, you know? plain and simple. Objectively, it does not give you that, right? Mm -hmm. So, I go back to my original point, keeping the balance in the line of being an original movie and being true to the original source content. Mm -hmm. That is, without a doubt, one of the biggest flaws of video game movies.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, And I'm going to add to that, because that's definitely true. So you're probably asking yourself, so if it doesn't do anything related to the video game, how does it, you know, associate with the video game, you know? Like, if it's so deviating from the game, what's the connection, you know? Well, let me tell you, my eager fan that I put words into the mouth of. uh, What they do is pander. And that's another huge flaw of video game movies, is pandering, this idea that because the video game movie deviates from the plot of the game and deviates from the themes of the game, they need to make it reference to the game. So they literally just chock it full of Easter eggs and off comments that pander to the audience of fans so that the fans feel like the game uh, the movie honored their fandom, despite the fact that literally just acknowledging it exists. Sonic does this a lot because Sonic doesn't have a lot of, of plot that's connected to the game. So the movie is chock full of Sonic references like the Sanic reference at the beginning. You get a bunch of uh, musical references, some Easter eggs hidden in the backgrounds, and comments. A lot of comments that kind of allude to game dialogue and game concepts. And that's kind of it. So, like, it's this really strange kind of, like, half attempt at honoring the source material by kind of just acknowledging the source material exists. And that is not a way to adapt a series. Like, (laughs) if you're... If you're adapting, let's say, Romeo and Juliet, you're not just going to shock the movie full of references to Romeo and Juliet and have a plot be about them going to get a makeover in China, you know, like or something. I literally just made that off the top of my head, but like any sort of plot, you know, like if it doesn't relate to the plot of this book at all, but you just shock it with references to the book, you're not really adapting it. You're making a movie completely unrelated to the character and then referencing the character. Like, that's, that's not clever. That's just lazy. And that's a huge pitfall of video game movies. I've noticed it happen a lot. Even in some I like. Like Mortal Kombat from 1995, or I believe it's 95. Uh, that movie is fun, but at the same time, it is chock full of just references to the game without really acknowledging what the game's plot is, you know? Like, it really just is a... Fighting or a kind of martial arts movie with references to Mortal Kombat. It really is not that interesting in terms of the original content. Same thing goes with uh, Lara Croft Tomb Raider, which is another one I enjoy. Like, yeah, it's fun, but at the same time, the only references to the game are names, not really anything that they're adapting into the movie, you know? So I feel like that's kind of another huge pitfall. Uh, and I think if you're going to do it right, you got to integrate the stuff into the story and make it relevant. Or else you're just referencing a a video game in a movie. Like, it might as well not even be a video game movie. You know? Yeah. It's a weird concept. So, David, Mm -hmm. let me ask you then. uh, What are some video games that you've played that you think would make really great movies?
1: That's a good question. Um, First one that comes to my mind is... Personal favorite of mine. Red Dead but Red I Redemption
0: think 2. Is it? Is that, no, that... Red Dead Redemption 2? <laughs> no. Okay. No. Um, careful listeners will notice that's like the only game we referenced. Yeah. Like, we don't reference any other games except for that. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah.
1: Um a personal favorite of mine that I think could potentially make a pretty good movie if they did it right, um, is Bioshock. Mm-hmm. Um, now why I think Bioshock can make a good video game movie is because of how linear the story is. So if you ever played Bioshock, you would know that when you're going through Rapture, it the game has a way of kind of keeping you on the right path with not many deviations from it. I mean, there are rooms that you can explore, but there aren't really any side quests, you know? It's really just, like, you going through Rapture and discovering the story, you know? Which, you know, isn't a bad thing, you know? Like I said, it's one of my personal favorite games of mine, um, just because of how deep the, the lore and the world is. Um, and I, I think that because of its kind of linear style and how it kind of traps you uh, in this particular space, I think that it could make a pretty good movie or TV show. Um, of course, I think it'd make a better TV show, but I think that um, if there was a movie of BioShock um, and you know people the people behind it have actually played the game and know the lore and the story in the world. Could actually make a pretty decent game, a uh, pretty, pretty decent movie, um, just just because of how the game itself works and how linear the actual uh, storyline is. Right, um, I, I think I think I think it could be pretty fun, um, and it could introduce people uh, into, I guess, the world of Bioshock. You know, mm-hmm. um, because that's what you know movies can do. They can help. Um, I guess promote the actual game itself, uh, and hopefully get us a Bioshock Four.
0: Um, <laughs> hopefully, one yeah, can hopefully. I actually, I thought I heard a rumor that they were doing it. So, oh really? Yeah, a rumor. So fingers crossed.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed. I hope they do. Uh, Cause it's a great game. Um, so just building upon that, um, I think that good video game movies uh, would have to be based upon games that have a, a linear kind of uh, storyline to it. Like, like for example, um, of what not to do uh, would be a game like Ark. Ark yeah. Survival of the Vault. Um, or Minecraft or a Terraria or, or any of those open world games that oh, allow... Aligns- like
0: sandbox games, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Sandbox games in which you can I guess, explore on your own and create your own experience in a way, uh, do different things, stuff like that, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Games like that would be really bad as video game movies because trying to create a story for games like that would just be garbage because it'd stray so far away from...
0: Yeah, right. They're kind of dooming... You're kind of getting doomed to not adapt the game then. Yeah. Like... It's inviting you to not honor the game. So it's essentially just let's write a movie and then slap the name Ark or Minecraft onto it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, it just it just wouldn't be the same. Um, It'd be like I,
0: Angry Birds, actually.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it's almost like Angry Birds in a way. It's like you're creating a story for a game that doesn't really have a story to it, you know? It's mm-hmm. kind of just, you know, it, an open-world game or a game that you can play to just, like, waste time or uh, play with your friends and enjoy yourself, you know? So it, it, it doesn't work. Those kind of games do not work, right? Um, another example of a game that I really don't think would work, you know, going back to Red Dead 2. Uh, I, I really do not think that a Red Dead 2 movie would be very good. It would literally um, just
0: be a Western, like... That would yeah. be what it is. Like, it wouldn't be a video game movie, it'd be a Western.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it, it wouldn't be very good. And it also, just, just because of how massive Red Dead 2's world is, there is no possible way they could fit everything in. Even with references, they couldn't possibly fit everything in. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, of course, the movie would be super long, um, but even then, even then, if it made it be like three, three and a half hours long. Uh, No one's
0: watching a three and a half hour long Red Dead movie. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, nobody would watch that. Some
0: westerns are long, like you know, uh, Good, Bad, and the Ugly, and Once Upon a Time in the West. Those are all really long movies, but they also are classics. No one's gonna go to a theater for three and a half hours to watch a (laughs) western based on a video game. Like that, that is putting your audience to the test. And even video game fans aren't gonna sit around for three and a half hours and watch a uh, watch a movie based on a game that they've already played.
1: That's true, that is true, that is true. Yeah, so that brings me back to my original point. It wouldn't be a very good movie. Like, there's just so much in the actual story that nobody want to sit through that, right? So mm-hmm. I think it, it definitely takes a very specific kind of game um, for it to actually work, that you can actually please both audiences, people that aren't familiar with the game and want a more original story and people that are familiar with the game, and want it to stay true to the actual game itself.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, those are all good ones. I agree with pretty much all that. Um, I will add in a couple of my own. Uh, a video game movie, I think, would work really well. And it's a little it's a little hypocritical, but you have to hear me out. Because I can explain why it's not hypocritical. Uh, and that is God of War. <gasps> so, God of War, I know, right? God of War is a pretty story-driven cinematic game. It, it really is. Uh, And all of them are. They're all very much story-driven, cinematic, and they're exploration-based. So that seems to be like, oh, let's not do it. But here's the thing. God of War is a huge game. I mean, not in huge terms of production, but huge in terms of the scale. The action scenes are always huge. And the fight scenes are always insanely over-the-top and extremely violent. And that just screams rated-R gore-fest. Or, like, not gore-fest, no like a huge cinematic experience because imagine being in a theater and watching uh, watching Kratos destroy a dragon. That's like 700 times his size and seeing him jump around, you know, and like the camera like panning around this huge scale battle action scene like God of war has a huge scale to it. And that's very cinematic in and of itself. And I feel when adapting that into a movie, you're gonna have to take it in a different direction because in a video game, you gotta focus on playing that. In a movie, you get to experience it. You're experiencing this insane action scene falling out right in front of your eyes, and it can get really intense and really cool. Plus, it can get really hyper violent because all the characters are always very, very strong. So, like, you're not gonna have characters die right away. So, as a result, if you put a lot of money into it, you could create a really interesting and really fun kind of uh, like mythology based action movie series. I think it could be really great. And as long as you get people who honor the, at least the mythology, if you get people who honor the mythology, which has happened many times with other movies about mythology, I think you could create a movie that really stands on its own with a really good budget and really good actors. I think you could get something really, really special. Um, another one I think could work great in a similar vein is Doom. Now, Doom has already had a movie, and it's terrible. Like, it has the rock and it, it has nothing to do with the games. It's terrible. But adapting the new games could be kind of fun because if you trust that the character and doesn't need you know dialogue or you know and you can you can visually story or visually tell your story, you could create a really unique vibe movie, right? Like I was thinking about this the other day with a couple friends. So imagine a Doom movie, right? That's completely dialogueless. Like the only dialogue you get is maybe occasional exposition scenes that are from like holograms of stuff that's already passed, you know. But the entire movie is really just an extended action scene about Doomslayer trying to get off Mars. But here's the thing, right? Have Doomslayer be masked and silent the entire time. Like, have it be completely dependent on the action and the storytelling, like the visual storytelling. I think that can be really, really fun because essentially you're trusting that the game, the movie itself will guide you on this adventure that is super violent, super cool, and super intense. And at the very end, you can even reveal that your character is a celebrity. Or heck, you could do it at the beginning and make it a giant celebrity, but make them silent the entire time. I think that would be hilarious. Like, imagine a Doom movie where John Cena plays the lead, but he doesn't say a word. Like, he's just wearing the mask the entire time, so you barely see his face, and he's out there doing cool action. I, that'd be awesome. Kind of like Mandalorian, except minus the voice. I think that'd be really cool. <coughs> Excuse me. And as long as you get producers and directors who like the game and trust oh, excuse me, trust that it will be good and that you can, you know, invest money into it without having dialogue and without having big stars, I think you could make something really unique. Now, I had to bounce back to another thing that is not good, like a video game that would not translate well. And that is, <laughs> excuse me, sorry, <laughs> my calls are trying to cut me off. Um, Skyrim and GTA. Skyrim and GTA are big games, but a big appeal of the game is the world, right? You get to enjoy this huge world and explore it in your own terms. That is going to be really daunting to a filmmaker. And, this, and obviously, like the obvious choice would just be just to adapt the story part of those games, but let's get real. Nobody plays GTA and Skyrim anymore for the story. They play it for the stuff you can do in the game. There's plenty of videos online that prove that. Like, the stories of those games are good, but not what people come for anymore. So, a video game movie on those would just be, okay, let's make a movie set in, like, Los Santos in GTA. Or let's have it set in uh, the Skyrim world that I'm liking on the name of. Uh, like, it would literally just be that. And unless you got something really clever storytelling on your hands or some really cool idea behind it, you're just going to end up with another Assassin's Creed or another Tomb Raider. Or you got a movie that kind of feels like the game but it's really just going to be a normal, like a story that's kind of similar to the game with references to the game. Like you're not going to get a lot going for you there. So I think those two games I feel like would not translate well, or, excuse me, would not translate well into movies or at the very least with the system that is used for video game movies. Now it would not translate well, in my opinion. Full show. Sure. Yeah. Right. I'm dying over here. Suddenly is that apparently yeah, yeah. this entire podcast, the, the, this past couple of minutes was too much talking. <laughs> Uh, so David, I want me to ask you, uh, do you think we will get a good video game movie in the future? Or do you think we're just going to be doomed to repeat the same mistakes over and over again?
1: Um, I'm going to be hopeful and say that one day we'll eventually get a good video game movie. Now, when that day will come, I have no idea, but I think that As long as there are fans of video games and fans of movies, um, inevitably there will be more video game movies, of course. Um, Now, on the off chance that one of them is good, that is entirely possible. Um, And I I honestly think that there will be a video game movie um, that is good and will spark, I guess, its own kind of formula and that formula will be used over and over again and then <laughs> and and like, we'll get sick of it yeah and once you get exhausted and yeah I don't know a cycle of bad video game movies again but until that day comes uh well we'll have a good video game movie
0: eventually David's falling asleep over here <laughs> no it.
1: no hey, are you good yeah I'm good someone hit you with a trank dart no <laughs> no no, I'm just thinking about all the trashy video game movies that are out there right now.
0: Nice. But yeah, I gotta agree. I think, I think it's possible. But in the end, I think it comes down to the filmmakers first. They need to step up their game with these movies. Literally. <laughs> get it? <laughs> well, uh, in the end, I feel it's up to the filmmaker. And if we get somebody who is genuinely passionate about a game, we'll get a genuinely good movie. It's just we'll have to wait and see. Who knows? Maybe the Borderlands movie coming out will be good. Who knows? Oh, good. And they're doing a series based off Last of Us. So that could be good. Oh, really? But I have given up entirely on the Uncharted movie, though. Like, Strike One was casting Tom Holland, Strike Two was casting Mark Wahlberg as Sully, and Strike Three is the set pictures. So, uh, yeah, no, it's going to suck. Sorry. Uh, I, bet,
1: I bet the
0: Last of Us uh, show is going to be like a PS4 exclusive or something. <laughs> the show is going to be PS4 exclusive? <laughs> Yeah, so, like it's, and they're like, okay, guys, we're gonna you're gonna watch it, but only exclusively on your PS4s, yeah. not even PS5, straight up PS4s. <laughs> That's funny too. Is like they've already confirmed it's gonna be on HBO, but you know what? I totally imagine that. I could totally see that. Like they just pull it out last minute and be like, actually, you gotta pay fifteen dollars for the series on PS4.
1: Yeah, yeah, because I'm sure they're trying to keep xbox from watching it.
0: Oh, my gosh. No, they're going to package it with the PS5, like a a Blu-ray set of the series exclusively on the PS5, just to get people to buy it again. Like, sorry we had packaging issues here. Have the entire Last of Us series on DVD. Exciting. Anywho, let's hop into some suggestions, as I think we've exhausted this discussion, but it was pretty good, though.
1: Yeah, it was. Indeed, it was.
0: Oh, yeah. So, David, how many suggestions you got this morning? I have three. Nice. That's That's pretty impressive. I also have three, but I'll admit it's a little bit cheating this time because I was on vacation. So it's kind of accumulation of a couple of weeks, but no worries. Go ahead.
1: All right. So I have two shows and a movie. Okay. So I'm going to start with my movie. Um, this movie, I'm going to lightly touch upon it.
0: Yeah, because uh, we're probably going to talk about it um, in the yeah. coming weeks. Probably August 1st, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah.
1: So the movie I want to talk about is uh, The Royal Tenenbaums.
0: Wes Anderson's second. Wes Anderson movie, or third yeah. movie.
1: Yeah, his third movie, my second Wes Anderson movie.
0: Well, yeah, because he he's not gonna watch Bottle Rocket for the podcast. Bottle <laughs> Rocket's good. It's good movie and all, but I, I don't think there's as much to talk about. Yeah. So Ed David's my puppet, so he does whatever I'm him to do. <laughs> now I'm playing. Go ahead, dude.
1: The this movie is interesting. Um, I would say it's moody. Yeah, yeah, it's it's um, it was it was definitely okay. I gotta be honest, this movie it, it's not very long, mm-hmm. but for some reason, it it, t- it took me a very long time to finish it. Um, like it, like I was watching it over the course of like the entire day yesterday, and I wasn't able to finish it until like this morning.
0: Yeesh. Um, so that sounds, that sounds pretty negative.
1: Yeah, no, I I don't know. I mean, like, like I enjoyed parts of it, but like, <clears throat> but like, there are just some parts that were just like, this is a bit, this is a bit weird. Um, but I I think overall, I think it's a solid movie. <clears throat> um, like I I don't I don't think it's fantastic.
0: Um, <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Mr. Fox. that one's fantastic.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, like you can definitely tell that wes anderson is you know starting to find his groove with you know his movies a bit Mm -hmm. um because i can see kind of some connections between how he does things um with uh this movie and uh what was the last
0: movie called rushmore
1: rushmore yes um i can always see connections between um how he writes his characters um in in both of these films um Personally, I like Rushmore a bit better than this. Um, now, I'm not saying the movie's bad. i recommending it and that you should check it out. Um, if you're a fan of Wes Anderson if you, and you haven't seen it or if you're just a fan of movies, um, I recommend checking out this. Uh, like I said, I don't want to go too deep into it. Um, but just say so you no. Know, I recommend checking it out. I don't really know where you can find it, but if you find it, you're lucky and uh, watch it. Um, nice. so I will get into my show in which I'll expand upon a bit more. So the first show I'm going to talk about
0: is, Spends uh, 20 minutes talking about jujutsu Kaisen.
1: No, I will not. Um, it'll only be 18 minutes. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about Jujutsu Kaisen. I'll be talking about Vinland Saga.
0: Mm. Um, I know Vikings. This is, what was that? Vikings.
1: Yes, Vikings. This is a that Michael really likes. Um, but I will, I actually took this series by a different approach. I actually started watching this series. Or not watching. Reading.
0: I was actually reading this series. David enjoys spoiling his animes for himself.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So instead of actually watching the anime for this, I'm actually reading the manga. Um, I, I have seen
0: um some fight scenes from this oh wait a minute seriously you're more suggesting the manga than this anime
1: yeah 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 if, if anything yeah i'm
0: <coughs> recommending yeah, the me. manga so
1: i guess it's kind of a a book suggestion um that's fine yeah so with, with this manga um it's it, it's it's a seinen manga which means that it's definitely um for older audiences um, just because of how graphic this series can be, sometimes
0: got a lot of <clears> got a lot of <throat> got a lot of blip, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so if you if you weren't here for Michael talking about it, let me explain the story a bit.
0: So you don't get plot for royal kind of moms though. Think of that one out on your own. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Non plot. <Non-planning>. Uh, <laughs> this film, one time I filmed um, manga. This manga, um, it is about this kid named. Thorfinn. Thorfinn is about uh, 17 or 18 years old which makes him older than a lot of anime protagonists um, to, to begin with and he is out for revenge uh, for uh, for his father's death, right? Um, there's this man named Askeladd who happened to kill his father and...
0: Accidentally. He was like oh, whoops. Yeah. I- <laughs> yeah. I've never seen it so I'm just making fun of David.
1: <laughs> um and the thing is, is that Thorfinn's father was actually one of the greatest Vikings of all time. You know, he was a highly revered Viking, um, but he's retired now. Um, and he died at the hands of Ascelad. And um Thorfinn has kind of sworn vengeance against Asclad and kind of follows him around. Um, so basically, ever since he was six years old, so for the past like eleven years, he has been following Ascalad around, um, wanting to get revenge. So he wants to have a proper duel with Ascalad. That's, that's all he could ask for is a proper duel with Ascalad, because that's how his father went out. He wants to fight Ascalad in the same vein. Um, as his father did, so he's not going to go and assassinate him at night or something. He wants to have a proper duel and kill him in battle as a true warrior, um, which, nice. you know, is honorable for Thorfinn, of course. So, um, as you can tell, for 11 years, he has done multiple duels with Asklad, and he has lost every single one of them. Um, And Askeladd is a character. He's he's a very interesting character because he's very sarcastic and always has this smug look on his face like he's better than everyone else, um, which makes him a very interesting antagonist. Um, and, And another thing about Askeladd is that he's very heartless. He doesn't really care for anyone. He doesn't care for his own men. He doesn't care for Thorfinn. Like, there was a time when um Thorfinn he actually sent Thorfinn actually to fight someone. Um Thorfinn actually ended up breaking his ribs, dislocating his shoulder, and Askeladd made Thorfinn walk like 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 a really long time um because you know he didn't want to get left behind. Um so like Thorfinn is like part of the crew, I guess, but not really. He rolls with them, but he's not friends with them. You know, he kind of just spends time with them, but not really a part of them, um, which is kind of interesting. Um, so you kind of see his relationship with the members of the uh, group and how he kind of wants to distance himself from everyone else because he wants to stay, you know, goal- focused on trying to kill ask glad in the duel so he he works for ask glad, but only to get the reward of being able to fight him in a duel as a warrior right and what makes the series so good um besides the amazing fight scenes and the amazing artwork of the manga but the actual themes themselves of trying to find oneself right um Later on in the manga, you will learn that Thorfinn must find himself outside of getting revenge. Uh, Obviously, you know, that's not going to be the whole entire point of the manga. Um, But later on, you will find out that he has to find himself outside of revenge. And because he's dedicated himself so long to getting revenge that he doesn't know life outside of it, Um, so as to kind of find peace in himself. and learn what kind of person he wants to be, you know, uh, which is really awesome and reminds me of Berserk in some ways. Um, I, you can definitely see some influences from Berserk, which is kind of cool um, because of are both sane and Manga. Um, so definitely check out Vinland Saga. It's really, really good. Um, if you're not big on Manga, definitely check out the anime. Um, I haven't seen it, but I've heard from Michael that it's really good. Um, check both out if you want. Uh, all right so my anime it's an actual anime i'm watching it um i'm recommending it again um it's full metal alchemist brotherhood Uh oh Uh, so i watched the first like seven episodes or so and i recommended it because i really liked it but i kind of took a break from it
0: didn't you didn't you mention that it was childish
1: I did, I did, I did, I Ooh, did, yes, but I, I, apologized. I apologized. I apologized on the second. You know, day.
0: They, you know, Michael's still sharpening his spear. I He's know, gonna come to you know down.
1: I know he is, um, and this show is not childish at all. Um, it's actually very mature, <laughs> very mature show. And um, so the reason why I decided to pick it up again, uh, well, was because you know I had quite a lengthy plane ride. Um, It was like eight hours, so I had a lot of time to waste time. So I just watched uh, the plane ride there and back. Um, It's quite good. Quite good. I I still recommend it. Um, People review this show as being like the best anime of all time. I'm not finished with it, um, but personally, I do not think it is the best anime of of all time. I think it's very good, of course. Um, mature of course but not the best of all time Um, very good series checking it out if you don't know what it's about it's about these two brothers uh, the Alc brothers uh, Edward and Alphonse who um, end up doing this failed transmutation trying to bring back their dead mother Um, uh, alchemists and um, their goal is to try to um, bring their bodies back. Ends up losing his entire body, um, and Edward only ends up losing an arm and a leg. So they're trying to get their bodies back. Um, so you're trying to uh, you you go along a journey on trying to um, bring them. Very good series. It nice. out. Know, um, I think it's only like 75 episodes, um, so not incredibly long. Um, it's on Netflix, only five, five seasons, each season has 13 episodes. I recommend checking it out. Very good.
0: Nice. Yeah. Alrighty. Then I will transition. I, I, if you don't mind me, I was accidentally trying to move a book, so I'm sure you heard flipping. Um, but it is time for my suggestions. I will transition into them. Uh, I've got a movie, I've got a show, and I've got one more movie, because screw you. Uh, so the first one is... Uh, I watched it last night, actually. And uh, I paid for it, which, you know, might startle some people. Um, that all right, I played for it at home, I should say. And that is Black Widow. That's right, the MCU movie. Ooh,
1: uh, first off, off
0: say, I have to acknowledge that I have not watched an MCU movie in almost two years. Actually, more than two years. Which is crazy to me, because I know these movies really well.
1: What, but okay. for some reason...
0: Yeah, I haven't watched Endgame in two years. I haven't watched it since the first time I watched it. I've watched it once. And I've watched, like, the last MCU movie I watched was when I rewatched watched uh, Far From Home in, like, August of 2019. So it was a while ago. So I'm not, I, I, I need to MCU binge. Uh, not that it really affected my watching experience, but I just I just like, want to acknowledge that. So into the movie itself. Black Widow is really interesting in terms of talk about because it is a very strangely laid out movie. Uh, it's, first of all, I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta preface. The movie starts with this weird ass, like, uh, it's like this punk rock, angsty female cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit with a bunch of really dark and really angsty imagery. I'm talking about the Red Room. Like, really angsty and really, like, heavy. And I'm like, holy crap, this movie is already kicking off with this insanely dark tone. Uh, do not worry. It does not carry that for the rest of the movie. That is literally just the opening credits. So it's kind of bizarre. But as a movie, like uh, overall, I should say, actually, overall, it's a good movie. It's solid. It, is, it stands on its own pretty well. And I think it is an enjoyable film. But it's also a really, really bloated movie. Like, the Black Widow story, I think, just does not translate well into a movie unless you're doing sequels. Because Black they try to basically pack in every single aspect of Black Widow's origin story and this family thing, this family dynamic story, into one movie. And as a result, all the Black Widowy origin stuff is really, really exposition-heavy. And all the family stuff is do- well done but it distracts from that Black Widow stuff and ultimately results in more exposition. So I almost kind of feel like you needed to cut that family bit out and focus solely on the Black Widow stuff and make it darker. Uh, Because as a result of all this, because there's so much exposition and because the plot seems so crammed together with a lot of stuff happening at once, the weight of the story kind of gets lost on, or got lost on me. Like, I did not feel like this movie had huge consequences it felt like a side mission like a like a really elaborate side mission rather than an actual film kind of reminded me a little bit of toy story 4 where it really did not need to be made but it does acknowledge enough new ideas that you kind of get it it's really weird it's a very fine line and i think as a result you get a movie that is kind of kind of feels very long because they put a lot of stuff in it that i don't think they needed Or at the very least, they should have expanded on more. Uh, I would have preferred this movie much more if they had just cut out all the family stuff, just kept in Florence Pugh's character as kind of like a sister contrast. But like the rest of the movie be about discovering the uh, hidden truths of the Red Room. Because the Red Room itself is kind of hard to follow and trying to, like, it's kind of hard to get exactly what it is and what its impacts are and how long it's been around and why they do the things they do. They, there's a lot of stuff that I feel is not, or is either a not explained enough, or b hidden in so much exposition that's really hard to follow. That being said, it's a very enjoyable film when it's not doing that kind of stuff. Like the action scenes are really great. There's some really inventive ideas here and a lot of inventive angles and creative ideas. It's really well done. The action, I mean, uh, the acting, of course, is very good. Uh, I think everyone around, all around does a really great job here. Um, I wasn't really big on the guy they got to play the leader of the Red Room, but, you know, he's supposed to be gross and weird, so that's fine. Uh, I think Black Widow herself as a character is another big problem because she kind of just feels like she's there. She does not really apply that much, which is kind of concerning seeing as the Black Widow movie. But it's made up for because uh, her the, the Florence Pugh's character, which is kind of like her, or his, which is her sister, is leagues better. I think they did a great job developing her character. Given her a really interesting arc. And of course, she's performed well by Florence Pugh because Florence Pugh is great. But I think overall, it's a movie that's crammed full of stuff that is cool, but not needed. I think that's probably the biggest way I can describe this movie is cool, but not needed. Um, that being said, I do appreciate that we did get some closure on the Red Room stuff. Uh, why wasn't Julie Delpy in this movie? She was in the flashback in Age of Ultron. Why was she not in this one? hmm hmm uh, but overall very solid movie if just very crammed i feel like this movie could have been better if they had cut out a lot of stuff and then focused solely on darker stuff like that intro uh, like that intro uh credits kind of alluded to but yeah uh, my next two uh my, the next one i'll do another movie and i've actually rewatched this one i watched it twice now and I, I really enjoy it uh and that is luca um, I did not suggest it last couple weeks because I had other movies I wanted to suggest first and David kind of talked about it. But I've been, I have I want to expand a bit on it because I really like this movie. What kind of, it is a very simple movie. Like, it's very basic and it does not have a lot of risks taken. But what really gets me is the charm of it. Like, it's such a charming little movie that, that it doesn't really stray, it doesn't cling to many huge cliches and kind of just lets the story play out. And like, it, enjoy- it lets the characters kind of enjoy being the characters and like you get to see some cool character interactions. You can see some fun moments between the characters. It's a really sweet little movie. And I think the stuff that bugs me about it bugs me less the more I've watched it. Like when I rewatched it, the things that bug me bug me less. Like I don't like the villain guy, I think he's ridiculous and not all that interesting. I think the- that, like, like uh, you alluded to, the ending is a little, a little melod- or a little uh, fantastical and not in the way the movie kind of built up to be. It's kind of weird. Um, and Alberto kind of gets this weird, like, mean, like, bully hate against, uh, against what's her name, uh, Julia, for, like, no reason. It's this really strange kind of forced conflict. Um, but I will admit they handle it well. I think Luca is just a really charming little movie, and I think it's well a lot better than I think it gets credit for, and I highly recommend it if you have yet to check it out. Uh, really cute little movie. Um, but yeah. And then finally, uh, because I'm I'm sticking with Disney stuff. Sorry, it's all Disney stuff. Uh, I watched, you know, I'm caught up on Loki now, Uh, and yeah, I'm still sold on it. I think Loki is the best series we've had so far, which is saying something because I love Wandavision and I love Falcon Winter Soldier. Uh, Talk about the freshest mystery they've done in a while. Like, I this is the first time in these series that by the by the end, or at least by the last couple episodes, I'm not sure where they're going. Like. I knew what they were going with Wanda Like by episode, like four or five, you start to kind of get it. Like you know what is kind of going on. It's just you don't know how it's going on. Um, and I think Falcon Winter Soldier doesn't have a lot of a mystery to it. And it, and the mystery it did have was not all that pressing, so not a big deal. But Loki has probably the most interesting mystery so far, and has some really great great character moments. Like the writing is so strong here. I love the kind of, like, Loki-style approach to the characters where, like, everyone keeps trying to trick one another and, like, you can't really trust anybody. It's really interesting. I like it a lot. And I love the plot. I won't spoil what the plot's about because it does kind of, like, what I like about it is kind of spoilery. But there's a lot of motifs and a lot of ideas that really connect back to Loki being the side character in stories. Like, it's his existence that causes other people to have, like their developments grow and like have epiphanies be made which is a really interesting idea and i really like what they're doing with that uh it's a really well done series a really cool testament to the character of loki and it's really fun like it's a really fun series um i'm really enjoying loki so far and we're definitely going to do an episode on it coming very soon i gotta get we gotta get to teen on this so we gotta talk about it yeah uh, but yeah are you caught up
1: <clears throat> yeah, not yet
0: Ooh, how many episodes are you behind
1: uh two. it's because of my trip Ooh. I wasn't
0: able to watch it yeah we we binge watched them all last night um oh, I got well we were we were back three episodes we just watched all three but yeah. man it is a banger uh i won't spoil anything but man you got some really cool stuff going on here loki uh and i was shocked because i was not super on board with loki at first like i i like the idea of them doing a series on loki but i didn't like really need it like if they, if they were to cut a single show from their show lineup loki would be the one i'd cut but now that I've seen it, best shows of far. So you know what? I'll take it. <laughs> Sorry, I had to cough. So that is the episode, David. Uh, how you feeling?
1: Good. How are you feeling?
0: I'm <clears throat> uh, pretty good. I mean, I'm still coughing and I'm still kind of cold, but, you know, sick. Anyways, thank you so much for listening, guys. Uh, check us out on Instagram, Once that smell underscore you thinking again, where, uh, you know, David will post one day. Yeah. Uh, I kept asking him, like, please post while you're on vacation, and he never did. Uh but yeah, um, yeah. Check out Instagram. Uh, we have got some interesting stuff coming. Uh, as you know, our our eventual college deadline approaches, we are um, you know we're gonna have to change up the schedule a bit. But we'll let you know how those changes, what those changes will be, very soon. Uh, I've been Connor. This has been David. And thank you again for listening to the podcast that we entitled David.
1: What's that smell? You thinking again?